Welcome into the Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. We're going to break down the RBC Heritage. Fascinating week. Pete Dye Design, Harbortown Links look so good. Uh, on TV, usually played in April, of course, the week after the Masters, doesn't usually get this strong of a field, the big hitters coming into town, and they did, here comes Rory, here comes Rom, here comes Kepka, and they fared pretty well, right, we know that the Bombers, the top players in the world, they're going to figure it out, they can play anywhere, but this particular golf course, you're not going to overpower it, right, how would the Bombers do with the more strategic player? The plotters. Now, they did pretty good. Kepka uh, finished seventh. JT Bryson, T eighth. Uh, Rory, um, you know, he was up there. Rom, DJ. I mean, these guys are going to make it happen. And if they played here more often, you would see them clip some wins. But coming down the stretch on Sunday, here's who we had Webb Simpson. Of course, he wins the event. I mean, just an incredible. Uh, performance, five birdies in the last seven holes to get the 21 under. He hits about 285 yards uh, there in Hilton Head. Abraham Anser hitting about 280. Daniel Berger playing good golf, 273. Terrell Hatton hitting about 281. So the Bombers, well, they were up there, but it's really these four guys um, with the chance to win late on Sunday. And Webb Simpson, you know, he just got it done. I mean, he has no weaknesses. Uh, he climbs into the top five now in the official World Golf Rankings. Seven PGA Tour wins. Um, the class of the field coming down the stretch. I mean, just hitting um, great shot after great shot. As I mentioned, birding five of the last seven holes uh, to win the RBC Heritage. The second event back post-COVID-19. And to help us break it all down, I bring back in my good friend, Froggy. The power meets the strategic player up at Hilton Head Island, and the guy with the most head covers in his bag gets the victory. I thought it was really – his his display putting was is, was ridiculous. The, the display he put on with the flat stick, he was rolling everything in. That putt he made on 17, that's really what slammed the door on everybody else. Uh, he was putting lights out. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I saw a stat. I don't know if you posted this or the PGA Tour posted this. Um, he had 56 putts inside seven feet. He made 55 of them, or he had 55 and made 54. He missed one putt inside seven feet all week long. That's exactly why he won the golf tournament. And he strikes the ball very, very well. But then on and around the greens, he's as tidy as anybody out there. He is. I mean, he just, he doesn't have any weaknesses. I mean, he, he doesn't bomb it off the tee. He's not one of those guys. We know that. <laughs> but, you know, what I love about Webb the most and knowing his caddy, Paul Tesori, who I know you were texting with right after the pin, you know, it's just, it's the simplicity of that team that I think I appreciate the most. I mean, here's a guy that, you know, doesn't travel with a swing coach. He doesn't travel with an entourage. Like, you see no. so many players on the PGA Tour. I just posted um, a picture of a before and after of Webb Simpson when he went and just did a little tune-up with Butch Harmon about six months ago, and you could see the difference in the club head, but he got his fix, and off he went, right? He just kind of owns it. He he plays one shot, right? He hits this little tidy draw. Looks like he saves it every time he has to take a swing. It does. And and it's just this, it's just some, it's just simple, right? I mean, he just lives, I think, kind of keeps things simple, attainable in front of him. There's not a bunch of people around him, and um, I think he's an example of, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this mad chaos all the time. You don't have to have a team of 12 people to go out and play at a high level like he does. No, and they're a very good team together. I loved hearing some of the talk they were doing yesterday on the 18th tee. You heard Paul telling him off the lighthouse what side he wanted to hit it on. And it's just they have a really good chemistry together. They work well together. And it's not information overload. It's not yeah. – you know, sometimes I think we get – Guys get a little too technical or information overload out on the golf course. They are such a good team together. Uh, I think one of only three people to win two times this year. And, I mean, he could easily win again before we're done. There's a lot of good golf coming up. And Webb is, I can't tell you many people playing better than Webb is right now. No, I know. He's, he's certainly one of the hottest players. And, you know, in the Travelers, TBC River Highlands is another course. You got more room to move it off the tee there, but it's not long. Um you know, so it'll be, you know, that's the type of golf course, this type of golf course, Phoenix, 
Um, you know, these are the places that he's done well, but he, you know, he can win on the big tracks too. Not as probably often as he's going to win on these types of track, but he's got that game um, where there's no weaknesses and he can beat you um, a couple different ways, including when he gets near the lead, he looks very comfortable. I mean, he birdied five of the last seven to come down the stretch and win. I mean, Abraham answers probably thinking, what do I got to do right. to, to win this tournament 20 under? I mean, they just blitzed this place. Answer was 20. Webb was 21. Um, you know, answer was good, but Webb was just better. I mean, he was just better down the stretch. He just kept hitting his shots five of the last seven to win. And, um, you know, there's just there's no reason to think, as to your point, that he's just not going to keep this going here now um, as we kind of get into what is really I'm gonna, it's the beginning of the season. Right. I mean, we haven't even played a major championship yet. It's so backloaded. You've got to like Webb Simpson here in 2020. Yeah, I mean, that three wood, I think it was Saturday that he curled around the trees and went forward in two on the, that, yeah. that par five on the back nine was ridiculous. And then he did it again yesterday. He hoisted it up there. It went a little little long, but he's still easy, stress-free two-putt for birdie. Um, I mean, just he, he takes shots at the right time. He doesn't take shots when he could really get him into trouble. He waits, takes his chances when he, when he should, when he feels comfortable, and he scores. And that's yeah. why he's won two times this year on the tour. <laughs> and he's also won two times now on Father's Day. Remember the U.S. Open? Um, right. And he's won on Mother's Day. He won the uh, players on Mother's Day. And he won on, on Mother's Day at the Players Championship. He loves these uh, peak tie designs. Um, and, you know, we had Paul Tesori, his caddy, who lives very close to you and I here in Ponte Vedra. Yes. Um, great guy. Webb's a great guy. Paul Tesori is a terrific guy. Terrific fan of this stuff. And Paul's a gator also, I might add. And Paul's a gator. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had Paul on the podcast after the President's Cup. And we were talking about the President's Cup, but we talked a lot about just Webb, their their game plan and his game and their attack. And he's like, you know, they make fun of Webb because he has six head covers in his bag. You know, he's got a driver, a three wood, a five wood, a three iron hybrid and a four iron hybrid. And then, of course, his putter. Right. So he's kind of like the modern day uh, KJ Choi or um, Y.E. Yang. Right. You know, those were those are the kind of guys that had, you know, five or six head covers in their bag. Um but they, they obviously select their courses, um, you know, strategically that, that fits web. But they also do something pretty, pretty interesting when they play other tracks that maybe don't always, um, you know, kind of are the best suited for her, maybe a little more of a bomber's type of golf course. And they just said, look, we play 72 hole. We're not going to go chase a half a stroke. We're not going to try to stretch and hit shots that we're not comfortable with try to see if the field will come back to us in these particular types of venues. And then there's courses where, look, we know that if we just do us and we're good enough with what we do, we have a chance to win, like at a place like um, Hilton Head. So they just, they, they're, they're so in tune with what, how Webb plays, no matter where he plays. And they just stay with that. No matter if he's two under or if he's six under, right. they don't panic early. They just keep plotting. And let it fall to him. And it felt like that on Sunday, right? Here he is. He just kind of never went away. There he is. There he is. It was like that yeah, there were so many people up around that leaderboard that you yeah. could easily say, hey, there's too many guys here. We're going to have to start taking some chances. Yeah. But they didn't. They take oh. chances where they're comfortable and, and let it play into their hand. And there was a time yesterday, I believe there were nine people within one or two shots of the lead. Yeah. And he just kept plodding along his way. And when that putter got hot, nobody was going to catch him when the putter got hot. Yeah, and Saturday, he, you know, was not his best day. and He just kind of held it together. And I almost forgot about Webb. I was like, late on Saturday, I'm like, oh, yeah, there he is. He's only two back, you know. Yeah. I mean, he just kind of, all right, that's Sunday. And then all of a sudden, he caught fire. Five of the last seven wins by one. It's uh, it's professional is what it is. That's yeah. right. It's professional golf at its best when I think of Webb Simpson and Paul Tesori. What was what did Paul have to say after the win? He was excited. He said they're uh, just a good team. He said we just we really get each other. We're just a good team, and uh, they played very well. Was happy to win on Father's Day, as you know. Webb has five children, so Father's Day is a big deal to him. Yeah. And uh, Paul's got kids as well, and, and does a lot. They're just you know what it is. They're both just really good guys, and it's it's really good to see the good guys win sometimes. And uh, that's exactly what happened yesterday. But 
that leaderboard was packed. And I mean, guys were coming out of nowhere. Fratelli yeah. came out of nowhere yesterday with a low number. Justin Thomas shot up the leaderboard and, and, and made a low number. Sergio Garcia, we haven't seen him around the lead in yeah. a long time. He he shot up the leaderboard. There was a lot of guys making a run at that golf tournament. Yeah. I got to tell you, Froggy, I'm on fire right now with this DraftKings show. Like, I don't know what it is. I'm probably going to come back to the – I know I'm going to come back to the average here soon. But last two weeks, I'm 8-0 in these head-to-heads. 11-12, make the cut. I've got a winner in Berger already. Five top tens. I had JT over Spieth, uh, Bryson over DJ, which was a good match. Hovland over Morikawa, which was a good find. And then I had Hatton over Neiman. How about those two in fantasy golf lineup? I made some money uh, yesterday in uh, in DraftKings. It was uh, it was fun to watch the dollars you know, like actually win something as right. coming down the stretch. Joel Damon, that's a whole other thing. We'll uh, we'll catch up. We'll catch up later on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Joel Damon. He's always got something to say. Sunday. What's that? Joel Damon's always got something to say. <laughs> the pride of Clarkson, Washington. I used to live there. I went to college at Lewis and Clark State College, right there. Anyway, I remember him. I, I've known him since he was uh, since he was little back in the the state of Washington. I want to talk about someone who uh, is. Uh, is Spanish from Mexico, Abraham Answer. We've known about Abraham for a while now. You know, the world was kind of introduced to him at President's Cup. You know, he, you know, he said a couple things like he wanted to take on Tiger, and then Tiger kind of blitzed him there um, right. down in Royal Melbourne. But I got to tell you, man, I love watching Abraham Answer play um, because I don't think he's thinking about anything, man, other than give me the club. That's where I'm aiming. And here it comes, right? right? And then he goes up and he finds it. Give me the club. That's where I'm in. And here, I mean, it's like he doesn't overthink it. He just gets up and rips it. You know, five, six, buck 65, soaking wet. He hits right. every green and regulation on Sunday. He misses only two on Saturday. I mean, the guy is a ball striking machine. And of course, on a venue like this, there he is, chance to win. Should have yeah, won. I mean, he was right there at the end and, and putting on pressure. He, Missed, I think, one little short putt he kind of pulled or, or missed yeah. a green or something. But, but, but a rare miss. And he was right there. It looked like for a while, watching it on Sunday, it looked like there was going to be a playoff because we had the weather delay, and that kind of killed some guy's momentum. Uh, and then after the weather delay, Brooks makes a couple birdies and gets up there. Justin Thomas is up there. We had all these guys at the top. I thought, there's no way we're not going to have – when there's nine people within a shot of the lead – you think there's going to be a playoff, but yeah. because Webb rolled in putts and just he just pulled away from the field. Let me ask you this: Do you do you think the tour needs more venues like this, or are do you think the balance is good as it is? I mean, we know there's courses that are the bigger ballparks, right? We know the sexiness in these big hitters has value, right? Um, right. These big names tend to get the ball a long ways, right? So the tour is going to probably always cater to that to some degree. Is the balance? Good the way it is. That's my first question. Or do we need more of these types of courses to see these types of leaderboards and guys that are bunched up that are only hitting it on average 280 yards off the tee? I think, listen, there's a place for 7,500-yard golf courses. I have no issue with that. And I know there's guys that are just bombing it out there. But I think courses like this make it so every club in your bag counts. Yeah. And so I like when they dial it back. I have no issue with the 7,500 yards. I'm I'm all for going out there and and Bryson and Brooks and DJ and and and, and Woodland and, and them all just hitting it as far as they can. I'm all for it. However, yeah. I enjoy it more when we saw what we saw yesterday. <laughs> 7,000, 7,100 yard golf course. Yeah. Every club in your bag is important. Guys hitting the irons off tees. You get to see a different kind of way to win it. Every, yeah. It's not all about just pounding it, pounding it away. There's other ways to win. So I like the mix. I, it wouldn't bother me to see more 7,000, 7,100-yard tracks on tour. Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels like another one or two would be – would be fine, you know, to get another one like that in there. I mean, grow the rough up if you want to. You can, I mean, you you can grow yeah. the rough up and, and narrow in the fairways and make it harder. Yeah. Well, that course, I mean, soft greens. Um, that course really is designed, I think, 
early spring after Augusta, cooler temperatures, a little more wind, um, you know. The green, did the greens look to you like they had been punched recently? Yeah, well, I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I'd said that, but I, they were just soft. I mean, you know, you give these guys soft greens. I mean, it's just, it's over. Right, they're going to stick them all day. Over. It doesn't matter what else is happening. They can play it to the number, right? I mean, it's just. It just it, it just simplifies the game, and it's just a birdie barrage, as we saw. It doesn't matter where the flag is. I mean, these these little short par threes, beautiful holes. You know, the flags cut over here on nothing. I mean, there's nothing over there, right. and they're just taking it right over the top of the flagstick and just landing it, and the ball just stops. Right? I mean, it's just it's a different game when when that ball is just is plugging and stopping right there, especially right. Um, with that mid iron coming into it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think one or two you know, would be okay, you know, to see it. It would be interesting, though, if there were more, a lot more of these, what the world rankings would look like, right? If 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 the major championships, if one of them would come back a little bit towards this style of golf. Right. Um, you know, what the what the official world golf rankings would look like, right? Um, It'd be different level, for sure. When you level the playing field. So... I don't know. Webb Simpson, I mean, he's just he's just all class. He is he is just the true meaning of professional golfer. 72 holes gets it done. I'm excited about Abraham answer. You know, Ernie Ellis had some great things to say about him after the President's Cup. You know, he felt that the only two players that could get to number one would be answer and Sunjay M. I would probably pump the brakes on that a little bit. But he hasn't, you know, answer hasn't won yet on the PGA Tour. But it sure looks like he's going to, as good as he strikes it. I mean, strokes and approach first, greens and regulation first, fairways fourth. I mean, the guy's absolute radar, and he's not short. I mean, he, he pops it out there now, you know, a little over 300 off the tee when he wants to. He, I think he dialed it back a little bit this week at three woods here and there. But trust me, answer can get it out there a little bit, um, you know, with the driver. And he's going to be uh, he's gonna be fun to watch as we go. All right, let's get into – Let's get a little to who's trending and who's not here. I'm going to start with our boy. Who knows? I mean, it is day-to-day with Jordan Spieth on what you're going to get. Um, you know, look, I was the first to say the restart was good for him. He comes back. No fans. Colonial finishes 10th. Looks pretty good. Look like he was putting the pieces back together. You know, he gets up here one minute. He looks okay. The next minute, I mean, they're, you know, he's hitting it all over the place. Yeah. He's, just, he's hitting it all over the place. Jordan Spieth. Is not going to make it back playing the kind of golf that he played at Hilton Head. No, and I said last week I thought that uh, I think you agreed. Coming back in uh, Fort Worth was good for him. It was a course yeah. he was familiar with. He had won there, um, a place that was, was was comforting, and so he did play well. However, he had a seven pretty early on this week. Then he then he went on a birdie run and yeah. and got himself in the top ten after the first day, but things fell apart. I. I'm not so sure he's on the right track. I don't. I don't know that. You know, we we heard last year that he worked on the wrong thing for eight months. So yeah. I'm not sure we're on the right track. I don't even know that we know what the track is at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think it's. I mean, there's been a long enough runway here. I mean, I think something's going to happen here as far as a change if this continues the way that it is. I mean, he's going to the Travelers. He's had some success there. He won there back in 2017. You know, that, that's a place, TPC River Highlands, you got a little bit more room to move it around. You know, it's not as congested as what you're going to see at Harbortown. But, um, you know, at this pace, it's it's limited. I, I, there's going to have to be a change. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he's down to number 55 in the world. I didn't yeah. realize he had fallen that far. He's going to have to do something different um, to, to get the driver in play. Maybe, you know, maybe it's all correct information and what he should be doing. And I'm sure it is. But it's not translate. That's the bottom line. Right. right. You're coming at it from a performance standpoint. And and at this point, boy, it just sure seems like, um, unfortunately, it's just the same old stuff. Now, another guy that's going the other way, right, that I thought um, really looked good, especially on the weekend, and has made some changes. Uh, one, going back to his original equipment, um, which I had, I mean, that made no sense to me that he would switch equipment. When he was the when he got to number one in the world. 
yeah. I mean, I, I understand it. It's a financial, it's a financial deal, but I mean, come on. I mean, you're the number one player in the world and you're going to switch your equipment. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. No. So he's gone back to that smart moves check. Now, you know, he, he moves on from Sean Foley, who he's been with for 10 years and they've had a nice run. They've done a lot of good work together. No, no one's going to question that he's taking it on his own. I do think what Justin has done and what you see with Webb and Rory, like, the independency of these players, I do think that's going to continue. I don't think you're going to see as many coaches. Um, I think it's completely overdone. Personally, these coaches traveling around week to week with these players. Um, I think you're going to see more of that trend and needle moving that way. Justin Rose now is by himself. And you look good. I tell you what, started with 70, not great. But then he goes 67, 66, 65. Um, you know, he goes uh, T14, T3, last two, or T3, T14, the last two weeks. Justin Rose, I think he's on his way. Yeah, Justin's swing is great. Um, you would have to think that after uh, 10, 11 years of Foley, he understands what the club needs to be doing. Yeah. I think that um, he's one who is a technical player. He, he really relies on the track man and, and, and the numbers. And, and you see the, the pre-shot routine where he's dropping the hands down while the back stays to the target. That's his feel. He understands that. You know, that's not real. That's the feel. And I, if you follow Travis on social, you know there's a huge difference in yeah. feel versus real. Um, but I think I think Justin Rose knows what he needs to be doing with the golf swing. And so, therefore, he's just kind of kind of kind of do it on his own. I'm guessing that through quarantine, that that's probably what he was doing anyways, was working on his own. And he's come out gangbusters, like you said, top uh, T3 yeah. and T14. So maybe he feels he's just now headed the right way and he doesn't need the overload of information. Golf is back. That's right. We have a full weekend of golf ahead of us. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash prices don't have to be. To add to the excitement, DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of action with the free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up the points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. In a time of limited sports, this is your chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code Travis during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes. That's code Travis, and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes only at DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, look, these guys are the these guys are the the, the most highly skilled golfers in the world. I mean, they are there because have incredible skill right right I, I just i think sometimes the entourage and the convenience just kind of it can rub things the wrong way a little bit right like all of a sudden you're not taking ownership you're not discovering you're too fixated on what one might say or will say rather than hit it react hit it react self-discover and then talk about it right there's times to break it down and go through that I just don't understand the need every single week. Now, I'm not a guy that's been out there and made my career on it. That's just me on the outside looking in. But it just feels overdone. It feels like um, it feels like we need to come back a little bit to where Justin Rose is going, which is take a little bit more ownership in what you're doing and then check in, you know, when you need help um, from time to time. And, you know, I think I think another player who's moving the right way, Kepka. Although Claude Harmon the third's out there with him most weeks, it seems pretty vanilla and simple. You know, like there's not a whole lot of technical stuff going on. I think I've heard him say they've worked on the same thing for the last five years. Um, but I'll tell you what, I think I think Kepka um, is getting his confidence back. And um, he's got a little spark to him. Um, you know, he's got eight rank, he's got eight rounds now under par going back to last week. What what would you see with Kepka? I thought he looked really good. Um, I love the fact I felt like he had gotten a little quiet uh, for a little yeah. while, and I love the fact that he's firing back again. I I am not the I'm not the biggest Kepka fan in the world. However, I do love I love Brash Brooks. I love Brooks that that, that tells you exactly what he's thinking, and I think golf has uh, lacked that 
I think often it's too vanilla and it's what we want to hear. And I like the fact that Brooks tells us like yesterday, for example, um, well, actually earlier in the week, they had asked Brooks, would you be mic'd up? And he said, I don't need to wear a mic. Just tell the announcers to shut up and you'll, you'll hear what we're saying. There's a woman standing right behind me with a boom mic and you'll hear what I say. We did hear what he said when John Rom chipped in uh, in Fort Worth at the Charles Schwab. Um, and we're getting a lot of these F-bombs off of it. I mean, Rory had a good one yesterday, <laughs> good if you call it that, off the tee. But, and then, so then Brooks is quiet yesterday. And of course that upsets Faldo. Faldo is quiet after a tee shot. Brooks doesn't say anything. All oh, that's fascinating stuff. And then Brooks, you know, Brooks is a social guy. And then he's on Twitter and he's doing his thing. I just, you know, I like Brooks. I think he adds something that the PGA Tour absolutely needs. I think he's yeah. good for golf and I think he's good for the tour. And he's playing really, really well again. That, that drive on nine yesterday was something of legendary status. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, you know, with Brooks. He... You know, he's brash. He's going to put it out there. He's going to look at you with a stone face. It's, you know, it it hits, I think, as arrogance for a lot of people. And it kind of rubs them the wrong way, including me. I'll be the first to admit, like, I'm not a huge Kepka fan, but I do think he's great for the sport. I like that he speaks out. Um, I like that he says, you know, some of the things um, that he says. I would probably say it a little differently, go about it a little differently, but that's just me. Um, So he just hits me as... Uh, you know, more on the arrogant side, which tends to rub me a little bit the wrong way, but I'm okay with that, right? There's a lot right. of people, and you need that. People saying, look, you know, shut up. You would hear what we have to say. But I also like the fact that Faldo kind of pushed back a little bit in, uh, in, in his comments. So I, I think I think it's a good thing. I think golf is no question better with Kepka up there. It's good to see him putting some form uh, back together. And I think it's all health-related at this point. He feels good on the knee. I think you're going to see a little run just in time. PGA, the PGA, it's coming up. Can he, I agree. Can he do it again? So, you know, it'll be interesting. It's at a big ballpark too. Harding Park, a big ballpark. Plays very well into his cards. He appears yeah. to be heating up. Um, I don't think anybody will argue that the, if you want to, I'm going to use this word very lightly. Uh, the slump that he went through, if you call it that, just because he wasn't winning constantly, um, was due to health reasons. And yeah. so he had the knee scoped or whatever he had done to it. Um, and he'll get back, and I think he'll play very well. And you're right. I think he is trending in the right direction, looking to peak at just the right time. And maybe the pandemic layoff was good for Brooks, too. Gave him some time to to, to rest up his leg and, and uh, get things moving in the right direction again. Another guy just continues great golf, Daniel uh, Berger. That's 32 in a row now, Froggy, that he's finished under par. 32 consecutive rounds under That's par. That's insane. Tiger's 52. That's the record. He's got 20 more to go. It's amazing. I mean, he's just, he is a ball. Oh, time out. Tiger Woods one time put 52 consecutive rounds together under par. I believe so, yeah. That's insane. And so here, here's the guy in the 30s. And he's barely halfway there. I mean, that that's that's remarkable. Yeah, it is. But playing is very remarkable. well. I, you, I love watching Berger. I love watching Berger hitting those little 30-yard spinners. God, I mean, he just clips them so good. Like, and it's an aggressive swing. I mean, he I mean, he takes it, he gets the club hit up, and that face ball interaction is so darn clean. He just cuts the legs out from under it. Sit. Oh, he had a couple. He had a couple there that were just I mean, so so good, and he made it look so easy. I mean, he just he 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 just made it look easy. And uh, I mean, you gotta like him. I mean, he's just I don't see why he would continue to play another. I think good golf course for him next week up in um, up in River Highlands. But I know that you're going to uh, you're going to Harbor Town in two weeks, and your son is gonna play. What are we setting the over under at for you and your son? So he thinks, so we were watching it on TV and he's like, dad, the golf course isn't that long. It's 7,100 yards. And the golf course that we play here in uh, Palm Beach or St. Augustine is like 7,100. And he's like, dad, I'll, you know, here he shoots, uh, he'll shoot 78, 79, 80, 81, no problems. So he's like, dad, I'll break 90, no problems. Let's bet, let's bet 20 bucks on it. I'm like, you got it. I'm like, you don't understand those overhanging trees. When you slightly miss the, the the fairway and you don't have a shot, and then the greens are the size of a postage stamp, and remember it's a Pete Dye design, 
so you know there's no flat spot around the green. I'm like, there's no chance you're breaking 90. But he swears he's breaking 90. We're playing Monday, July uh, 6th. July uh, 6th. At Harbortown. Okay. There's no chance he's breaking 80. You understand that. Okay. Breaking 80. I mean 90, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I'll set the over-under at 95.5. Okay. Tell me. I'm going to go with the under in that. I think he can break 95. Okay. What do you... How do you think the conversation went with uh, Ryan Palmer and uh, Carlos Ortiz after the bucket wasn't ranked on 18? You know, speaking of Ryan Palmer, I know they were very upset about that bunker not being ranked, but speaking of Ryan Palmer, I think his round went sideways. Is it the par 5, 16th, 15th? When his ball uh, off the tee. Par 5, 15th, yep. 15th. 15th. Ball off the tee was great. He, he lays up. Hits the perfect layup right in the middle of the fairway. He gets up there to his wedge, and it's in a divot. And I know that this has been debated about from the beginning of time, but it is absolutely unfair that when you hit the ball in the middle of the fairway you, where you are supposed to hit it, you are penalized because somebody else hit it in the same spot before you, and now you are hitting out of a divot. I believe that's ground under repair. He hit it then out of that line. It went over the green. He was then left short-sided. He tried to use a, a three-boot or a hybrid to putt under the green. He missed it and made bogey. Completely yeah. derailed his round. I just don't think that's fair. I don't think having to hit out of somebody else's divot. Listen, I get it when it's off the side of the green and you've missed the green or if you're in the rough and you missed the fairway. But when you're in the middle of the fairway, you shouldn't have to hit out of somebody else's divot. It's fair. I, I think that... That's gonna that's gonna change eventually. Um, you know, I didn't think they would ever change type tapping down spike marks, and now they've changed that. That's probably gonna be the next one. You know, when it's in the fairway, um, right? And you're in a divot, you know, and then you're able to to, to change that. I don't disagree with that. Um, you know, but I don't disagree with it. I, I think for the betterment of the game. And for its appeal, being able to being able to move that out of a divot, right? Being able to distinguish here what a divot is and move it out if you're in in the fairway. I don't I don't have any problem with that. You know, well, let me ask you this: What's the counter argument for the reason that it hasn't been changed? Yeah. Well, I think it's just the rub of the green, right? That's what they call it. It's it's just the rub of the green. You play it as it lies. You don't touch it, no matter where it is. Um, so. I can get behind that more than I can spike mark, right? Spike mark to me. Yeah, because anything could be a spike mark. Huh? Well, you could say anything's a spike mark. Yeah, you could be up there tapping. Like, the so you can mean it could take three days. I mean, I'm, I'm on the green. Let me just let me just make sure my I have no spike marks and divots in front of me, right? Because I can right. start leaving spike marks intentionally to screw with the other part of the field, right? Oh, so, absolutely. I've said that before. You could drag your feet a little bit yeah. around the cup. Coming in on Sunday, yeah. you, you know where, you know, at a municipal course, you're playing with your buddies. They're, they're not good enough. But you know in the professional golf tournament where everybody wants to, they want to be short side of the hole putting yeah. uphill, and they don't want to be long putting downhill. So you drag your feet a time or two around there, you can't fix a spike, Mark. No. No, I mean, that, that just, that never made sense to me. Like, just why can't I fix this, right? Like, it's, right. They could be doing it on purpose. Where this is so infrequent. Like I can see what this just was left as part of the rub of the green and that you just play it as it lies and that's part of the rules. But right. I do think where everything's going, um, I, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that change. I, what baffles me is that Carlos Ortiz and his caddy were ahead of them. They just didn't even rake the bunker. Like, how does that right. happen? <laughs> like you just you don't even rake the bunker. And I can't even imagine. I was like, what are they looking at? They were looking over there like there was a, a like something shooting in the sky. And they were like, oh, you know, this is bunker. And, and Palmer was, you could tell that that rubbed him the wrong way. So I'm sure there was a conversation to be had there. And you, you were talking about some of the mics. I think there were five F-bombs that were recorded. Um, uh, you had you had Rom, you had Rory, you had uh, uh, Harold Varner Third, Woodman. Right. I think I'm missing one somewhere. But... Uh, you know, and then you had, and then you had Bubba 
Watson and, and Wesley Bryan, which they were mic'd up as part of the early cover. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of these guys going out early on Sunday, right? They know they're not going to win the tournament and they're mic'd up. You know, and they, and they got after it a little bit. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yes. I thought it was good. I also liked Bubba with, I don't know if it was on Saturday when the crab was resting up against his ball and he called in and said, listen, man, we've got enough problems going on in our country right now. I don't need the, I don't need the, the crab committee after me for hitting a crab with a golf club. He's like, so what do you want me to do? I mean, I know Bubba was being a little bit of a uh, jest yeah. there and tongue in cheek and being a wise ass, but um, I liked the two guys mic'd up. They were giving it, Bubba was jabbing him about putts and missing this. And I mean, I thought it was good. I, I yeah. think it's all good for the game. And at the end of the day, that's what we're all here for. We're trying to grow the game and make a game that has had a reputation of being elitist or being one that you are not good enough to play to and make, or, or one that seemed awful boring and, and not fun. I think we're trying to change what golf is. And I think we are headed in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I hope they, uh, I hope we get more of that. No Tiger. Uh, again, next week, Travelers Championship. Rumor has it he was up at Frederica uh, playing over the weekend. Um, I actually have some footage of a couple swings from. Yeah, I saw his son watching him. Yeah, from some members up there, Frederica uh, up there in Sea Island. So getting some reps in, um, but he's not playing at the Travelers Championship, which once again, man, what a field. Here, these, here comes the. Top players in the world is going to be an, an extended field again. 156 players. Uh, TPC River Highlands. I played it years ago. Fun little golf course. You compare it to, and it's another Pete Dye design. Um, you know, you compare it to what they just played at Harbor Town. They got more room up there. And this is not your complete tree line OBs intimidating offense. You got more room to hit it up there, but it has yielded. You know, some different types of winners. You know, you've got the short hitter like Ches Reedy winning last year. Um, Speed won here in 17. He's not overly short, but Russell Knox won here. He was short in 16, although he's trying to get longer at this point. Right. And, and, and then sprinkled in there uh, amongst those three, you have uh, you have Bubba Watson winning, right? And Bubba's won uh, three times here, and Bubba's not short, and he likes to see a curve all over the place. So you've got to have some room to do that. Um so it's a it's another one of those courses that's not short, um, or not long rather. It's it's going to play short, and but it, it's kind of got that strategic element to it as well as Pete Dye likes to lay out there with some visual intimidation. So once again, I think it's going to be intriguing to watch these big hitters come here and play, and and match up with these types of players like a Webb Simpson, like an Abraham Answer, like a Daniel Berger, who are not going to beat you and overpower you with distance. So. What do you think? Any any early leaders, clubhouse picks as we get ready to shoot the matchup presented by DraftKings? Anybody I should I should know about you like? I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show. I mean, it's hard not to look at Daniel Berger. Or uh, or Webb Simpson, and went to like you just said it. Another Pete Dye design. It's not long. It it kind of brings everybody back in. I can make an argument that it's detrimental to guys like Brooks and and, and DJ and Rory, the, the long guys. This doesn't play in their favor because they can't get up there and just sling it all over the place. Now you said it is a little wider, so it does give them a little more room to operate. So it does give those guys probably a better chance than last week where it's a little narrow. And if you get blocked out by the trees, you don't have a shot. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to not look at Daniel Berger right now. And and if Webb is able to stay on this, this role, this is really playing well in, in, into his favor with it being another short golf course uh, and a golf course that he's actually played well out in the past. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, he's top five in the world. You realize that Webb Simpson is the number five ranked golfer in the world. That's, I mean, I think if you went and asked the average person, golf fan, who's the number five golfer in the world, I don't think Webb Simpson would be their answer. Yeah. So he, he just, he just bumped out Dustin Johnson, right? Dustin, yeah. Dustin moved out. Who showed a little life. It was nice to see DJ actually, um, you know, show a little life there and, um, and get into double digits under par. You know, the way I handicapped, Last week, or at RBC at Harbortown, I, I put, in looking at it, I put strokes gain approach number one, which is no revelation. I mean, we know strokes gain approach is, is important everywhere, but I put that number one. Um, strokes gain putting was like 1A, right behind it. And then strokes gain off the tee, and then strokes gain scrambling. That was, you know, around the green. That was kind of my order of things, and followed that with the metrics that I do. And that panned out pretty good with the names that get that kind of spun out this week. I, I elevate strokes gain off the tee a little bit more. Um, and I bring that up to, you know, strokes gain approach with strokes gain off the tee. So just ball striking to me between those two has a little more value because of the space. I do think distance will be a little more of an advantage here. And then number three, I'm going to say how the, how guys putt poet. Right, because they move up to POA now, where they had Bermuda at RBC, they had Vent the week before that down in Texas, and you start seeing you start seeing big differences, Froggy, in how guys putt when they start moving into POA. Right? I mean, there's so does grain matter point. more on POA or less? I mean, I, I you can make people. I don't. I would say probably less. Okay. Um, because up there you're going to have a little bit of bent mixed into it. Like there's going to be a little bit of bent mixed in, but primarily it's Poa where you have it all Bermuda um, at Hilton Head, and so I kind of I kind of factor that in on how guys are going to are going to putt that because it does it does play a big role um, when you when you look at how like for example like Joaquin Neiman much better putter on Bermuda than he is Poa like it's pretty significant. So I felt like with his ball striking he was a good play last week. And he played well, made a lot of putts coming in. And then, you know, this week, maybe not as much. So it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Here's some head-to-heads for you. Um, I'm going Justin Rose versus Bubba Watson at uh, Traveler. That's a good – that's a tough matchup right there because Bubba's playing golf right now. Bubba's playing some golf. Like, he's – his putting – Bubba's putting right now might be the best it's been ever right now. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to go Justin Rose. Okay. Yeah. Justin Rose. I, I, I have not made that decision yet. I've, I've convinced myself both ways. And I've watched the matchup on Wednesday, by the way, to see which one I go. See if I can make it nine and up. I'm coming after Berger. I'm eight and all right. Uh, matchup number two. First time we've seen Patrick Cantlett. He's back. He's played well at the Travers. Finished 15th back to back years. Um, <laughs> this is another good matchup. Patrick Cantlay versus Abraham Answer. Man, flip a coin. It is. That's very close. If, if, if I had to take one, I'd say Answer. Only because of what I just saw, and we haven't seen Cantlay yet. So I would just give the nod over what I've seen. But you're right. A hell of a matchup. I like Answer, too. I really do. I like his ball striking. And I'll tell you, his best surface, Poa, putting. Watch out for answer. Could be his first win on the PGA Tour next week. Sunjay M. I don't know what happened to him last week. He just absolutely forgot how to play golf um, at uh, Hilton Head. Sunjay M versus Sergio Garcia. This is going to be strange. I'm going to take Serge. Ah. No. I'm, I'm going Sunjay. You know, it's funny. Like, people... Like, I look at Sergio, was he 40 now? Sergio's 40? Yeah. You know, and he's been such a staple right on tour for so long and a big name and a thorn in so many people's side, puts his foot in his mouth continuously. Yeah, did you hear what he, hold on, did you hear yeah. the latest stupid thing he said? Yeah, go ahead and fill us in. So, you know, Nick Watney tested positive for COVID-19, which is really neat when they, when you, when you hear how he figured it out, it was the whoop bracelet that a lot of them are wearing. He, he tested, um, 
negative on Tuesday upon arrival. He and Sergio had flown in together from Austin, Texas. And he, everything was like, you know, normal. He had the whoop bracelet on. Friday wakes up, got a notification on his phone, said you took two extra breaths per minute overnight. Something's off on your breathing. You might want to go get tested. He gets tested. Sure enough, he tests positive. Sergio is one of the guys that also had to be tested because he has flown with him. Sergio tests negative. Now, Sergio gets in a press conference and says it's really too bad that Nick had to get COVID because he's one of the nice guys out here. There are really many other people that deserve it more. And that's what he said. Now, yeah. I'm not sure that it's okay that anybody, quote, deserved COVID-19. Sergio just says things that don't make sense. Like, I don't, I don't know if he doesn't think. I don't know if he doesn't care. Somebody's got to get, I mean, I, I, it's shocking. Yeah, well, it's too late. I mean, you are who you are at, by the time, you know, you get to 40. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's like, it's great to see Sergio's name pop up. I mean, the guy just absolutely blitzed at strokes gain T to green, uh, 13.9. Goodness gracious. At, uh, Which, by the way, speaking of another guy that should not have left TaylorMade and changed equipment, uh, Sergio Garcia, that did not pan out well at yeah. Callaway. And he's back to playing a lot of TaylorMade stuff as well now. Yeah. Strokes can approach plus nine. I mean, just, I mean, just crushed the ball striking. I mean, incredible stats. But then, like, it's like all of a sudden, okay, but his putting, you know, like, and, and he putted good. Like, you know, you know, I was listening to him on the radio, like, Sergio's putting. I believe it. It's coming back. And this, it's like, look, his, his putting at the Schwab, he lost 3.8. Uh, RBC, he lost 3.1 strokes. His last five events, he's losing 2.4. I mean, he's like, his putting is not bad. He's, he's, he's putting the way that he, he always has the way that he, he usually does. Um, and and guess what his worst surface is, putting. Poa. Yeah. Ooh. So give me Sunjay M. Because Sunjay M is uh he plays every week. If there's a tournament he's playing and uh, no one's happier to be on the road than uh Sun yeah. Um last one. Tough one here too. Harold Varner versus Patrick Rogers. I kind of dug a little deep here. Varner missed the cut last week. Yeah. Um, from the week before, he probably a little disappointed on his his weekend finish, but nonetheless, Varner's improving. I mean, he he, I this could be a good spot for him. And Rogers is a is a guy that is trending the right way. Excellent putter. Um, and trending the right way, ball striking has the length off the tee. Intriguing matchup. I think both of these guys, I'm going to tell you right now, will be in my lineup in fantasy golf this week. What do you like? Once again, a very you, – you're right. You you dug deep. I'm going to go with Varner. I think Harold he Varner. will rebound well. He played really well in Charles Schwab. Had a rough week last week. Uh, like you said, could be some disappointment. Uh, definitely going to go with, with Varner on this one. But I, but I think it's close. I don't think yeah. it's a, a runaway victory either way. Yeah, I think this is a close one. I, I've kind of went back and forth. I'm tending to lean a little toward Varner, but, um, you know, we'll see. I, I think he's going to have a bounce back. He's. I'll tell you what, Varner's really improved. His his. He really is. Yeah, his ball striking um, has really gotten better. Works with Scott Hamilton, um, and they've done some nice work. Patrick Rogers works with Jeff Smith. They've done some nice work. You can see you can see Rogers moving the right way. So. As you look down, you're trying to get some value, um, as we did last week with Terrell Hatton and Joaquin Neiman, both of those guys coming down the stretch. Um, those are kind of the two guys I'm, I'm looking at. I love Corey Connors. I think this is a great course for him. I mean, he's such a ball striking machine. Doesn't if let's put it this way: if Corey Connors could just put a lick, right? Like better than average, top third. I mean, he would be incredible i mean that this dude is the most underrated ball striker on the pga tour yeah he hit it well yeah so it'll be interesting my man it'll be uh fun to, to to see what happens up there golf's back they had the covid case of course uh with nick um you know there's things coming out and he was out on the range without his mask afterwards and they were waiting for the test i'm sure there's some things that 
the tour is going to look to clean up and, and move forward. This is a tough ask, man. I'll tell you this, uh, you know, this bubble they're trying to travel with, um, you know, trying to manage caddies. And now they're, I think they're going to let coaches more involved now next week up in Connecticut. Um, you know, this is a, this is a weird time. It can't be easy. I thought the playoff went really smoothly with the carts and the guys driving, or I'm sorry, um, the restart after the weather delay. Yes. I'm sure that was scramble mode when that happened because that storm popped up out of nowhere. So, geez, I, 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 I mean, I think so far they've done, they've done very well with this. I'm sure there's little things. This one, they maybe got exposed a little bit with, with Nick, but they'll continue to refine, continue to make it better and keep this thing moving forward, hopefully, and gaining momentum here as we uh, get into the summer. When do we get Nick Watney back? When, when is he available to play again? How does that work? How long is well, he quarantined for? And then we have to get another test. I, I would think it's got to be 15 days minimum. Um, that seems to be the number Dr. Fashi was throwing around, 15 days quarantine. Um, and then I would imagine a series of retests before he can come back. Right. Uh, and there might be some sense of tracing his family too that they've been clean. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the logistics of that, but um, yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully Nick is, is doing well, and uh, certainly think of him. He's uh, he, he's a good dude, and um, hopefully he'll be back out there here in um, you know in a couple of weeks or so, two or three weeks. Yeah, last night read he was feeling no symptoms whatsoever. It was all respiratory. Yeah, and um, hopefully that will be the state of the case, and he'll get cured and, and, and get back out there. But once again, it's I thought it was handled well. I'm glad they didn't just shut the tournament down and just stop. Yeah. Um, this is just a new norm that we're in, and this is yep. the way it's going to have to be. And so this week we move on to uh, TPC River Highlands, and hopefully we won't get another positive test. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get another positive test or two because listening to Justin Thomas and some of these other guys, they said that yep. they're on Hilton Head Island the other the restaurants and the patrons were not wearing masks by and large it was just free for all and it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see some more positive tests uh, when we get more results on tuesday fingers crossed best to nick watney uh froggy thanks for uh jumping on another week travelers championship come back next week stripe show podcast appreciate you being here got a special guest this week working on a couple guys i can't tell you who it is but you're not going to want to miss it. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you later in the week.